Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, folks. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. So, if you've been with us in recent episodes, you know what we're looking at. We're looking at what is happening in the life of Jesus in the last days that he's here on earth and what he has to say to us specifically related to about his coming again and some questions that the disciples ask him. But we're having a look at the context at first. So we've backed up a few chapters and seen that Jesus has been in the temple and that it has been a combative type of thing. Uh, religious rulers have come to him and questioned his authority. The Pharisees came to him and wanted to know about should we pay a poll tax. The Sadducees came to him and wanted to know about a hypothetical resurrection account. They didn't even believe in the resurrection, right? Then the Pharisees heard the Sadducees been put in their place, so they sent forth the lawyer to questioning with the greatest question they could think of. Uh, what is the greatest commandment of all? Jesus says, oh, it's easy. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And Jesus said, also, there's a second commandment to that related to it, and that is love your neighbor as yourself. Well, when he said these things, the response was they didn't know what to say. And the people were just in awe of the Lord. And the scripture said at the end of uh, Matthew 22 that from that moment on, no one asked him any questions. There was no more setting up kind of questions, no more that kind of thing. Now, we're still in the same venue. The same thing is still, I mean, Jesus is standing right there. Matthew 23, verse 1 says this, then, T-H-E-N, then. So in other words, it flows right out of 22. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. And so it appears that the scribes and Pharisees had been doing all this stuff in front of the people. Well, of course they had. That's what they desired to do. They hoped to trip him up in front of all the people, make him look the fool. Well, then Jesus turns from dealing with them, and he speaks to the crowds and his disciples, and he says this, verse 2, Matthew 23. The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Now, what he means by that is that they have legitimate position right here because of the law and what God is getting, and they have seated themselves. Some of them have placed themselves there, but the positions and the, the role was, was true, was real. Jesus says this in verse 3, Therefore, because of that, because they're seated in the chair of Moses, all that they tell you do and observe. Well, you say, well, that sounds good. Don't you know the Pharisees and the scribes were feeling sort of good about themselves when Jesus is saying that? But they didn't listen to the rest of it because he says this. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds. For they say things and do not do them. Well, what does what someone call that, that says things and believes things and teaches and preaches the things and yet doesn't do it? Well, of course, yeah, they're hypocrites. And Jesus just called them hypocrites in front of his disciples, in front of the people, and likely in front of them. And then Jesus continues on because he tells exactly what they were doing. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men. For they broaden their phylacteries and lengthen the tassel of their garments. They love the place of honor at banquets 
and the chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by men. So Jesus is in their face taking them to task for the way they live. And quite often, you know, we'll read these passages and look at it and say, well, yeah, that's how those Pharisees and those scribes and those Sadducees, that's how they were. I got news for you, folks. The leadership within the body of Christ today does the same exact thing. Now, I know I'm painting a very, very broad brush, and I do not intend by any means to implicate everybody with that statement, okay? But I will say that the majority of leadership within the body of Christ has tendencies to function this way, to do exactly this, to tie up heavy burdens, to lay it on men's shoulders, and yet they're unwilling to do anything themselves, to have their needs noticed by men, to uh, this whole thing would broaden their phylacteries and lengthen the tassel of their garments, to be seen. I'm, I'm reminded of some uh, 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 bird that's showing off with his plumage, okay? It's that type of thing. They love the place of honor at banquets and the chief seats in the synagogues. And they love the respectful greetings in the marketplace. And to be called rabbi by men. I mean, we see that so much. People come along and they have titles. <coughs> and, and they sometimes they insist, excuse me, <coughs> they insist on being called by those titles. I've actually been in situations like that. Well, they insist on being called doctor. And, and that's sort of sad because that's just a, uh, an acknowledgement that you spend an extra amount of time in an educational pursuit. It's an acknowledgement of man. Or they'll come along in our society, in our day, is pastor, which is interesting because what happened to teacher? What happened to prophet? What happened to evangelist? What happened to apostles? What we see in Ephesians 4, well, some people come along and they dem demand to be called apostle. They want to be called that. They want to be called uh, perhaps by the giftedness that the Lord has released in their lives. But we don't do that, folks. We don't do that. I think we've got an example in the Scripture, okay, a, a, a macro example in the New Testament. Because all through the New Testament, you see people called by first names. Okay, you see Paul. You see Timothy. You see Peter. You see John. You see Jesus. Now, yes, Jesus the Christ, he's the anointed one, the Messiah. But you don't see Jesus bar Joseph, which would have been his name, Jesus the son of Joseph. You see them by their first name. So if it was, quote, unquote, good enough for them in the New Testament, should it be not be good enough for us just to be called whatever our name is and to walk in that humility? Now, I know sometimes people say, well, it's a sign of respect. It's a, a show. Well, that's fine. And we are to honor one another and we are to respect one another. But I think we quite often choose to do that by some superficial title superimposed upon somebody rather than the true deed of love for that individual. And so Jesus just lays it out, and he tells them, this is what you do. Now, listen to what Jesus says. He says this about them, okay, that they love to be called rabbi. But then Jesus said this to the people and to his disciples, verse 8. But do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. So in other words, don't sit there and demand to be called by a title. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with somebody that says, oh, this is my teacher. They teach a class I'm in. That's fine. But when you sit there and demand the title of something, you don't do that. Verse 90 says this, Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. 
I had a great encounter with that several years back. I have a, a Catholic priest friend, and he was uh, meeting my younger children one day. And I looked at him, and I said, girls, this is, and he cut me off. And I, I was going to call him what his title is, his title and his job and everything, his father, blank, blank, right? He cut me off. And he says, hey, girls, I'm, and he introduced himself by his first name. And I thought, you know, that's more biblical than, than the way we act and react most times. So don't call anyone on earth your father, for there's one that is your father who's in heaven. Now, a couple more verses. Verse 10, do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. Now, there is the spiritual gift of leadership. There is the calling to leadership. But when we come along and demand and say, oh, you must follow me because I am your leader, or you must follow me because I have a title that's been superimposed upon me by you, and that's the reason you have to do it. You don't do that. And the word tells us point blank, don't do that. Do not be called leaders, for one is your leader. That is Christ, verse 11. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. You want to know who the real leader is? Look at the one who is leading by service. Look at the one who's leading by the giftedness of the Holy Spirit that is serving and imparting life into the body of Christ. I think we would find that most of the ones that we call leaders and say that they are leaders are really not leaders according to the Scripture. Verse 12, Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Well, that pretty well wraps that up, doesn't it? It has to do with the attitude of heart. If someone is exalting themselves, you know that they're doing it out of the flesh and it's not the Holy Spirit. But if they're walking in humility and if they keep humbling themselves and trusting in the Lord, then they are of the Most High God. Again, I'm Dale, and I thank you so much for being with me. We'll see you again next time.